What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So I've seen a few comments that uh, people seem to like the Amazon reviews as a nice way to break things up. And a couple other people commented that maybe I should start adding a couple other subjects in. Well, here's the deal. When we started this channel, we started with several different genres of uh, subreddits. Uh, malicious compliance, Tales from Tech Support, Pro Revenge, things like that. And it seemed like most of the people that were coming to the channel and watching the videos really didn't want the other stuff in there. They just wanted the Tales from Tech Support. So we started a second channel and we started doing malicious compliance, pro revenge, petty revenge, Tales from the Squad Car, Tales from the Front Desk, all that stuff over on the other channel. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think? I'm, I'm confused. Um, do you, would you like to see more of a mix on this channel or would you like to keep it mostly tech related? I mean, I threw that Amazon thing in because I don't know. I guess it's sort of, it's like six degrees of separation related. Uh, it is Amazon. It's on the web, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Maybe not. That's probably a stretch, but let me know what you think. Um, you know, I've got some decent tech stories today. There's just, Outside of that subreddit, there's just not a ton that either hasn't been done already by me or someone else or stuff that's either being, you know, recycled, people, you know, rewriting it and tweaking it just a little to make it their own story, even though the story is like 20 years old. But let me know what you think and we'll go from there. All right, let's do some tech support. Dental Surgery Dentist with 10100 Switch Server 2008 and Windows 2000 Thin Clients. Sorry, I'm on mobile. I often do contract work. Today I was at a dentist for a slow network and internet. They have one ethernet cable from the router into a 4 port 10100 switch with two 8 port gigabit switches and Q10100 switches with a server HP desktop plugged into the 10100 switch. I go into the owner dentist's office and dental room. After chatting for a while, he moved the mouse and the LCD showed the Windows 2000 unlock computer screen. He unlocks it and it has a remote desktop open. The computer isn't a thin client but a Pentium 700. I asked him why he doesn't get a new computer and he says no need and tells me that the HP desktop is what they most use now. The machine is a standard desktop PC with server 2008, Core i7 32GB of RAM and ATI graphics card. When I asked him about replacing the switches to make them all gigabit, he agreed but wouldn't listen to me telling him that the 2008 is not supported. I'll be back once the switches arrive. They also had laser printers from the 2000s. Medical places are the worst for setups like this. Well, OP, it's not just dentist offices, but I will agree that a lot of medical facilities tend to hang on to dinosaur systems. Not all of them. It depends. If they're state and federal backed, maybe uh, some of the bigger companies get funding and things like that. But for some reason, a lot of the mom and pop offices do tend to stay with older machines. And I sort of get it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But once it's broke, OK, now you got to do something with it. Things do slow down over time. And if you want faster, you got to upgrade at some point because, uh, yeah, old stuff doesn't mix with new stuff very well, and, you know, things just get wore out. I can almost guarantee you that dentist isn't driving a 2008 model vehicle of any kind, so, you know, why treat your office equipment any different? The top of the phone. The top. In the days before the smartphone, a certain Finnish company was more or less the go-to phone maker. Damn, things were near indestructible. And had Snake. They were pretty good. Man, I used to love that Snake game. And a lot of them had the same candy bar style design, which was handy for us tech support folks. You can navigate folks through a lot of things without needing to know the exact phone in detail with a common means of describing things. But not always. In comes the call. The rep transferring the call had an older gal who couldn't check her voicemail by the usual means. 
Usually the general support folks could handle this, but this time didn't go so well. It happens. Sometimes it's lazy reps, sometimes it's newbies, whatever. So I bring the user on over. Get from them what's happening. They press the key and they get an error recording. The number isn't valid. Okay, let's push the right number out. All we need to do is power the phone off and back on and we're off to the races. One of the few times in that era where that was an actual necessary thing for some reason. So I tell the gal, let's turn the phone off for a moment. Oh, I don't think it does that. <laughs> oh, sure it does. If it turns on, it has to turn off. The power button is at the top of the phone. Just hold it down for a few seconds and that should do it. Oh, above the screen? Yep, above the screen, the very top of the phone. There's no button there, just some holes. Oh, that's still the front of the phone. The power button is at the top of the phone. Where it says the name of the phone? No, the top of the phone, around the front of it. The ones above the numbers? No, at the top of the phone, that's the front. And on it went for a few minutes, trying to find ways to convey where the top of the thing was. Finally, it came to this. Okay, let's say your phone is a little person. Where you charge it, that's his feet, okay? Okay. So the top of him, well, that'd be his head, where he'd put on a hat, if he were standing there. Yeah? Okay. So where his hat would be, that's his power button. Just push it in for a few seconds. Oh, okay. Now what? Just push down his hat again for a couple seconds and he should turn back on. From there, everything worked out okay, but 15 minutes of my life, gone. While trying to work out an analogy that would work. I can understand people being confused about top and front and all that, even on these phones. Okay, to me, this is the face, all of it. Top, bottom, right side, left side, you know, yada, yada, yada. But to some people, when they're always on this side of the phone, they would consider that the top. And I don't know why. The analogy works, you know, feet, head, hat. Got it. I guess my power button would be the guy's left arm. Maybe? I don't know. User asked me to repair his phone after hours. Recently I started working for this family owned company and my desk is conveniently located in the middle between different departments. Today I was assigned to transfer data from one company purchased phone to another for a specific executive member. Interestingly I didn't know that the executive's PA was actually his wife, a fact I discovered later. She felt sorry for asking me to do this, but the relevant IT guy was on sick leave, leaving them in urgent need of assistance. Being the go-to person for converting documents to PDF and handling tech questions in my section of the floor, I usually embrace such challenges despite being technically in a different IT department. Also, I opened the phone that needed replacement due to a malfunctioning battery. I began inspecting the settings and battery hoping to find a red flag that could save me from setting up an entirely new phone. 5pm and I finish at 4.30. Alas, luck was not on my side. Without realizing the potential consequences, I casually mentioned, oh, the most used app is Grindr. The room suddenly became hushed, and so did I. Feeling a mix of embarrassment and remorse, I quickly placed the phone down as the executive's wife made an urgent call, venting her frustration into her phone. I immediately apologized, set the phone aside, carefully backed up the contacts, and proceeded to move them discreetly to the new device. Oh my god! So, I don't know a whole lot about any kind of dating slash meat market apps or whatever, so I'm pretty sure, even if it wasn't Grinder specifically, this guy would have been in some hot water with his wife. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have said a word. Nope. Well, how do you handle something like that? You're not in the business of getting between him and his wife and his girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever or, you know, dates. All you're trying to do is replace a damn phone and anything you say is going to get you in trouble. It doesn't matter how innocent it is. It's just, yeah. Ugh. I wouldn't, I, you couldn't pay me enough to be in that position. User refuses to believe me, even when provided evidence. Hello all, I've been lurking quite a while and wanted to post a fun story I've been holding on to. 
happened a few years ago. I used to work as support for an automation tool. Typical stuff like helping customers understanding how to use the software, investigating bugs, etc. Can't really explain what kind of software this customer was testing because it would be too obvious who they are. So let's just say it would be bad if their software wasn't working properly. Anyway, one day a ticket came in from the customer. And to be honest, the issue was interesting. Customer. On one computer, our test works fine. On the other computer, it gives invalid number of parameters. Odd issue since they would both be using the same project. So after some back and forth, we get on a screen share session. It was a slow day, so I ended up doing a three-hour screen share with him. Though, in all honesty, it only lasted this long because the customer kept re-asking the same questions over and over again. Customer. How do I do this, by the way? I explain, and then 15 minutes later. Customer. How do I do that same thing, by the way? I got to the point I told him as politely as I can that I already explained this and would send him an email explaining it again if needed. Still didn't stop him, but I powered through. After the meeting, we didn't find the cause of the issue, and it was also the end of the day, so I let him know I'll investigate further and update him. Next day, I find the cause. Their framework versions were probably different. Our tool could work with functions, the framework used that users normally couldn't even touch, and that was the method they were using. Essentially, older versions used a different amount of parameters than newer. They probably just had different versions between the computers. I was happy to find it, so I updated the user, gave them a function they could run, it's like five lines of code, that would show the version differences, and gave them another function that would account for both parameter amounts. Problem solved. Or so I thought. Customer, I don't believe you. Fix the issue. Confused, I asked him if he tried running either function I provided. Customer, I refuse to run them because I don't believe you. Get on a call with me and fix the issue. So I agree, but only if their developers also joined, because certainly if their QA didn't get it, they would. Nope. On call, I explained to them that both machines have different framework versions installed. They could either ensure both versions are identical, or if that's not something possible for them, they could just use the workaround solution I provided. Developer. Wait, there are different versions? I almost laughed. Did a supposedly developer ask this? I even pulled out the documentation to show, yes, different versions exist for their framework. I even showed the code I extracted for these frameworks to show that the method does indeed have different parameter amounts based on the version, and that if we just ran the function I provided, it would show whether I was right or not. They didn't believe me still, even with the mountains of evidence in their face. After the call, my manager stepped in and told them professionally to go away until they actually try the solution and confirm it doesn't work. They never replied back to us. First of all, why would you call somebody for help and then just keep telling them you don't believe them? Just go do it yourself. If you know better, then go do it. And second of all, what kind of a developer wouldn't at least see through whatever their owner's telling them? Like, are they really a developer or is that just who he's calling a developer? I don't understand. I mean, developers are sharp, man. So these guys either were scared for their job or something. I don't know, but this guy had them all worked up. Ugh. We already updated. Something that happened to me not even two weeks ago. Infamous customer opens a ticket. Customer, we have problem A, us. We fix that bug A in version Z. Us, we install version Z. Customer, it doesn't work. Fix it now or we'll cancel your service. Us, are you still using version V? Please update to Z. Customer, we already updated it. Fix now. Remote session happens. Us, you're running version V. You need to update. Customer, nobody told us to update. You just wasted our time. Me, screaming vulgarities into my muted mic and ending the call. My after-work old-fashioned was very needed. Well, we all know rule number one is customers lie, patients lie, users lie, people just lie. And then when it's all said and done and they get caught in that lie, you're at fault. Gotta love it. Technical Support Theater 
So back almost 20 years ago, I was phone support, QA, install, field support for a company that made a video editing application. I was basically the go-to guy for that product in the Americas. Sounds like Pinnacle. We had a big installation with a major news organization that had a little satellite office on the other side of the US. My boss got called into that small office because the system wasn't playing back video well. It'd stutter or lose AV sync if they used high quality video. After some discussion, the customer demanded that he reinstall the software. He refused, knowing it wouldn't do any good. This went back and forth a couple times. The customer would demand. My boss would refuse. Finally, they get frustrated and throw him out. Like literally, security escorts him out of the building. I don't remember why my boss was there. This would normally have been the kind of call I'd be on. Anyway, a year or so passes and the system hasn't magically healed itself, so it still works like crap. And the customer is frustrated. They want to throw my company's stuff out completely, so somehow one of our sales guys works it so I can go on site. They explain the problem, and I realize immediately that it's clearly a drive problem. They state that they want me to reinstall the software. Now, my mama didn't raise no dummy, so I tell them, look, it's not going to fix the problem, but if you want me to reinstall the software, I'll reinstall the software. While the software is installing, I pace around the room and finally squat down in front of the drive array, which is in a rack off to one side. I press my ear up against the drive array and say, can you guys hear that? The sales guy is there with us. He's a friend of mine and is grinning like a Cheshire cat. He knows I'm up to something. Anyway, nobody can hear anything. I get each of them to press their ear against the drive. Are you sure you can't hear that? One of those drives is spinning off balance. Nobody can hear anything strange, but I keep talking about it. Man, that drive sounds terrible. Bet that's your trouble. So we finish the reinstall, and lo and behold, exactly what I said would happen has happened. Which is nothing. The system still sucks the same as it sucked before. So now that we've dealt with it your way, can I actually fix it? This gets begrudging approval and I call the drive manufacturer. Big TV network, remember? And they've got a good support deal with the drive manufacturer, which is one of our preferred providers. And I know their techs pretty well. After a couple disc tests, it turns out that they have not one, but two failing discs. We pull two shelf spares, rebuild, and by dinner time, this system, which has been the bane of everybody's existence for almost two years, works perfectly. The customer takes me out for a nice dinner like $100 bottles of wine nice and spends a couple hours failing to get me to admit that the listening to the drive things was BS. Sometimes technical advice needs to be delivered with a little bit of flair. Another example of where people call the person that or company that's able to fix your issues and they're specialized in this field and you don't believe them. It makes absolutely no sense. And by the way, I, I said pinnacle in the middle of that story. Uh, so Pinnacle was the consumer version of Avid Media, um, which was more of the commercialized version. Uh, when I would do things for the local public access channel, I used Avid in studio, but I wanted my own version at home and I used Pinnacle, which, oh, by the way, Pinnacle worked way better on that old computer than I had, that I had than almost any modern software, which drives me nuts. Why are the new software so resource intensive? I don't get it. But anyway, yep. If you're not going to believe them, don't call. Fix it yourself. 6.30 a.m. call. Computer has no connection to the network or the internet. User has no idea what happened. I got a 6.30 a.m. call from a golf course. Employee says the VOIP phone stopped working 10 minutes ago. PC has lost its connection to the cloud-based T-Time system. His computer appears offline in our RMM. I walk the user through the usual steps of power cycling, checking connectors. No joy. I ask if anything happened between the time the phone and computer worked and the time the connections were lost. Nope, nothing. We send a tech who arrives about 90 minutes later. He traces the ethernet cable to a wall jack that smashed to pieces. <laughs> tech asks the employee what happened. Employee was moving some golf club bags around and smashed the wall jack. 
He never thought that might have caused the phone and computer to fail, so he didn't mention it during his 6.30 a.m. call. <laughs> Duh! Something did happen. Even if you don't think it's related, if something happened, you dropped clubs against the wall and it smashed something on the wall, something happened. If somebody on the street out front smashed into a pole and you lost power, well, yeah, you, you'd probably make... Well, most normal people would make the connection that that's why you lost power. I don't know. Oh, there's a cat back there. Yeah, people are amazing, man. They just, they don't, they don't pay attention to the world around them. They don't make any connections from one thing to another. And, you know, I don't know. Like I said, even if you don't make the connection yourself, you know something happened. Look, that's Dimey. He's usually not down here this time of day. Dimey! He's sneaking around for some reason. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. If you enjoyed the video, you know what to do. Smash the like button. If you didn't like it, smash the dislike button. And uh, until the next one, we'll see you.